When I heard that Whoopi Goldberg was being suspended this year, in 2022, for saying the Holocaust was not about race, I thought I was missing something. According to my understanding of race and ethnicity, the Holocaust was not about race. It was about ethnicity. I think it's important for us to understand what these terms mean, so I want to share a few articles in this episode. As a black person, I think of racism as being based on skin color, and that view is short-sighted in some ways, so I had to educate myself. The first article was published in 2020, two years before Whoopi Goldberg made the statement that got her suspended from her job for two weeks. I do not watch the show that Whoopi Goldberg co-hosts. It's called The View, and I really don't know what it's about because I don't watch TV. But when I heard the statement, the Holocaust was not about race, I thought, no lies detected. Why is everyone upset? This article does an excellent job of explaining my understanding of race and ethnicity. The title of the article is What's the Difference Between Race and Ethnicity? And it was published February 8th, 2020. It was originally published on LiveScience.com. And it was written by Emma Bryce. What's the difference between race and ethnicity? This question reveals something much deeper about the ways we understand and misunderstand race. If someone asked you to describe your identity to them, where would you begin? Would it come down to your skin? color or your nationality? What about the language you speak, your religion, your cultural traditions, or your family's ancestry? This bewildering question often pushes people to separate their identities into two parts, race versus ethnicity. But what do these two terms actually mean, and what's the difference between race and ethnicity in the first place? These words are often used interchangeably, but technically they're defined as separate things. Race and ethnicity have been and continue to be used as ways to describe human diversity. This is according to Nina Jablonski, who is an anthropologist and paleobiologist at Pennsylvania State University. Nina Jablonski is known for her research into the evolution of human skin color. Nina says, race is understood by most people as a mixture of physical, behavioral, and cultural attributes, whereas ethnicity recognizes differences between people mostly on the basis of language and shared culture. In other words, race is often perceived as something that's inherent in our biology and therefore inherited across generations. Ethnicity, on the other hand, is typically understood as something we acquire or self-ascribe based on factors like where we live or the culture we share with others. But the question of race versus ethnicity actually exposes major and persistent flaws in how we define these two traits. First, we'll get into the concept of race. The idea of race originated from anthropologists and philosophers in the 18th century who used geographical location and phenotypic traits like skin color to place people into different racial groupings. This fueled the idea that these differences had a biological basis. But that was wrong. That flawed principle laid the groundwork for the 
the belief that some races were superior to others. The effects of this history prevail today. They play into our current definitions of race, where there's still an underlying assumption that traits like skin color or hair texture have biological, genetic underpinnings that are completely unique to different racial groups. But the scientific basis for that idea simply isn't there. If you take a group of 1,000 people from the recognized races of modern people, you will find a lot of variation within each group. The amount of genetic variation within any of these groups is greater than the average differences between any two racial groups. There are no genes that are unique to any particular race. There are no genetic variants that occur in all members of one racial group but not another. The racial groupings that we have invented are actually genetically more similar to each other than they are different, meaning there's no way to definitively separate people into races according to their biology. Jablonski's work on skin color actually demonstrated that. The same or similar skin colors, both light and dark, have evolved multiple times under similar solar conditions in our history. So a classification of people based on skin color would yield an interesting grouping of people based on the exposure of the ancestors to similar levels of solar radiation. In other words, it would be nonsense. Variations in human appearance don't equate to genetic difference. Races were actually created by naturalists and philosophers of the 18th century. They are not naturally occurring groups. Now let's talk a little bit about ethnicity. While race is ascribed to individuals on the basis of physical traits, ethnicity is more frequently chosen by the individual. And this is because ethnicity encompasses everything from language to nationality, culture and religion, and it can actually enable people to take on several identities. Someone might choose to identify themselves as Asian American, British Somali, or Ashkenazi Jew, for example. Here, they would be drawing on different aspects of their ascribed racial identity, culture, ancestry, and religion. Ethnicity has been used to oppress different groups as occurred during the Holocaust or within inter-ethnic conflicts of the Rwandan genocide, where ethnicity was used to justify mass killings. So this is the part of the article that I think proves Whoopi Goldberg was right. Even though I think Whoopi Goldberg is slightly problematic for her stage name and, you know, kind of appropriating Jewish culture to some extent, in that I think some people have said she identifies as Jewish. I think this just kind of speaks to something that is pervasive in Black culture. The Black community holds Jewish people in high regard because Christianity teaches that Jewish people are God's chosen people. There are a lot of Black people who want to identify as Jewish, and some of them are very problematic. For example, I know a member of a group called the Hebrew Israelites. They are a problematic group. And the guy I know who is a member of that group is a problematic person. And they try to find or create a history where black people are part of Jewish culture. Because there are obviously a lot of black people who follow Christianity thanks to the transatlantic slave trade. And when your religion teaches you that 
that a group of people are God's chosen people, then obviously you want to identify with that group and you want to feel like you're a part of the group of chosen people. So I think that is part of why Whoopi Goldberg has chosen that as her stage name and part of her identity. But she, as far as I know, does not have any Jewish ancestry or Jewish heritage. So I think that may be part of what made her comments more offensive. But in terms of whether her comment was accurate or not, I think linguistically speaking, what she said was accurate. But I also understand why people were offended by it. So I want to get back to the article and I'm going to repeat the part that I think confirms that what she said was linguistically accurate. Ethnicity has been used to oppress different groups as occurred during the Holocaust or within inter-ethnic conflicts of the Rwandan genocide, where ethnicity was used to justify mass killings. Yet, ethnicity can also be a boon for people who feel like they're siloed into one racial group or another another because it offers a degree of agency. Ethnicity and race are irrevocably intertwined. Someone's ascribed race can be part of their chosen identity. So both race and ethnicity are cultural social constructs. They are human inventions that are not objective realities. But it's also not quite that simple because even though race and ethnicity might be these abstract social constructs, they have real-life influence. The U.S. Census Bureau officially recognizes five distinct racial groups. The legacy of racial categories has also helped shape society in ways that have resulted in vastly different socioeconomic realities for different groups. This is reflected in things like higher levels of poverty for minority groups, poorer access to education and health care, and greater exposure to crime, environmental mental injustices, and other social problems. And race is still used by some as the motivation for continued discrimination against other groups that are deemed to be inferior. The concept of race and ethnicity continues to determine people's access to opportunity, privilege, and also livelihood in many instances. And if we look at health outcomes, African American women are more than twice as likely to die in childbirth compared with white women. So all of this paints a complex picture, and it might leave us wondering, like, how should we view the idea of race and ethnicity? Should we celebrate them? shun them, or feel indifferent. Both race and ethnicity are portrayed as a way to understand human diversity, but the reality is that they also wield power as agents of division that don't reflect any scientific truths. We actually share more in common than we don't. I'm going to include a link to this article, so if you're interested in reading it in its entirety, you can check it out. So since Jewish identity and the question of whether the Holocaust was about race or not are the reasons that I decided to record this episode. The next article I want to share with you is specifically about Jewish identity. Like, are Jews white? What does it even mean to be white? Before I get into the article, I want to share a little bit more about 
me. I have explained in previous episodes that I am black Hispanic and I am a dark-skinned black person. If you see me, I don't look mixed race. I look like a black person. I'm Hispanic because my parents are both from Honduras. Growing up, Spanish was spoken at home. I don't speak Spanish. My parents would speak to each other in Spanish thinking that it was a secret language that eventually wasn't so secret. I have a really good understanding of Spanish, but I don't speak it as well as I understand it. So culturally, I identify as Hispanic because my upbringing and my culture, I think, was very different than, say, a black person whose parents were American. My parents emigrated to America when they were kids, but the food that we ate and the language that was spoken, it was all Hispanic culture, and it was noticeably different from black American culture. So my so that my mother actually talks about being bullied by black American girls who thought she just didn't fit in because she looked like a black person but she didn't speak English the way they did. Anyway, see, that was a really long tangent. I just wanted to say though, aside from my black Hispanic identity, I actually grew up in a city with a huge Jewish population and I went to public school but we had days off for Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur in the beginning of the school year. Rosh Hashanah is the Jewish New Year and Yom Kippur is the Day of Atonement. I've already mentioned that a lot of black people hold Jewish people in high regard and want to identify with Jewish culture and my mother is not an exception to that rule. She definitely does hold Jewish culture in high regard and she in some ways tries to identify as Jewish. She will say things like she's a Jew for Jesus or something like that. Anyway, when I was young, I babysat and nannied for Jewish families. My first babysitting job was taking care of two-year-old twins who only spoke Hebrew. So I learned a little bit of Hebrew. I know how to keep a kosher kitchen. I can prepare Shabbat dinner. And I can even remember some of the prayers. When I graduated from my predominantly Jewish high school, I went to a predominantly Jewish university. Brandeis University felt like an extension of my high school. And that's not a bad thing. I went to a really good good high school and Brandeis is a really good university. Jewish people have a beautiful culture. I loved being part of the traditions and learning the history of Jewish people. All of the Jewish people I know identify as white. One of the Jewish women I babysat for has blonde hair and blue eyes. When Whoopi Goldberg made the comment that the Holocaust was not about race, I didn't understand why that was an offensive comment. As a black person, I think of racism as being based on skin color. And that view is short-sighted in some ways, so I had to educate myself. And this article is one way that I did that. I want to share this with you because I know it, it helped me understand how white supremacy defines race and how various groups of white people are classified as other to justify persecution, discrimination, and genocide. But one more thing before I get into the article, I actually have nieces and a nephew whose mom is Jewish. So in that way, Judaism has become part of my family, but I am not Jewish. So I'm trying to be very sensitive to how this might offend someone who is Jewish. I also worked at a Jewish bakery when I was a teenager. It doesn't exist anymore, but that was a really cool experience. Like during the holidays when all of the people would come in ordering their traditional baked goods, 
salads and stuff. A lot of them were really yummy. Gosh, that's like such an old memory, but really, really cool. So let's jump into the article. It's from Harvard Divinity School, and it's called Judaism Case Study, Minority in America, and it's from 2018. The Racial Identity of U.S. Jews For many Jews, America has been a land of both opportunity and persecution. On average, Jews are better educated and more wealthy than other Americans, and there are more Jewish members of Congress than their share of the population. However, FBI reports show that Jews have been attacked in hate crimes more than any other U.S. religious group. This ambiguity is reflected in Jewish racial identity. Race is a social construct. It is a powerful idea created by humans, not a biological fact, and the boundaries of race are, therefore, flexible. As of 2013, 94% of U.S. Jews identified as white, but Jewish racial identity has changed many times in U.S. history. In 19th century America, Jews were generally believed to be a distinct race within a broad category of white people. Jews who wanted to maintain their distinct traditions described as both racially Jewish and white. This was a common way of viewing race at the time. Immigrant groups like Germans, the Irish, and Jews were seen as distinct races, but they could still all be seen as white. Some of these groups, like the Irish, were sometimes grouped with African Americans and struggled to gain inclusion into white society. But 19th century Jews were largely considered to be just another subgroup in the U.S.'s majority white population. In the early 20th century, as the U.S. industrialized, immigration increased, and Nazism spread from Europe, many Americans became nativists and tried to exclude newer immigrants. Okay, I need to cut in here and say that the roots of Nazism are here in the U.S. with U.S. scientists in their pseudoscience regarding eugenics and races and stuff like that. Those ideas actually were transferred over to Europe from here. Here. I know we all want to believe that Hitler is responsible for the Holocaust and for all the ideas behind that type of genocide, but that is just not the case. There were people in the U.S., American scientists, who were spewing filthy ideas about eugenics, and those ideas were really admired by people in Europe like Hitler and other like-minded idiots. And like I said, it's pseudoscience, so it was all nonsense, but the ideas took off so well that it literally led to a genocide where millions of people were killed in a really short time. But back to the article. So that's just one part that I disagree with, that Nazism spread from Europe to America. I think that it was the other way around. In the early 20th century, as the U.S. industrialized, immigration increased, and Nazism spread from Europe, many Americans became nativist and tried to exclude newer immigrants who were often poorer than those of the 19th century from being considered white. Jews began to be called non-white and many even started calling Jews black. For example, in 1910, Professor Arthur Abernathy published a book called The Jew, a Negro, claiming Jews and Africans were racially identical. His book compared racist stereotypes of black physical and social traits to stereotypical Jewish traits to show that Jews were black. Similar ideas 
ideas led some colleges like Harvard and NYU to set up racial quotas to exclude Jews from white man's colleges. In the South, Jim Crow laws began to target Jews as well as black Americans. In Pine Bluff, Arkansas, in 1912, a Jewish immigrant was nearly lynched after onlookers took him for a black man walking with a white woman. From 1913 to 1915, these issues gained national attention in the trial of Leo Frank, a Jewish man accused of raping and murdering a white girl in Atlanta. White Georgians compared Frank's Jewish racial identity to racist stereotypes of African Americans, and the jury convicted Frank. His sentence was commuted by Georgia's governor, but a few days later, a white mob lynched Frank. Anti-Semitic propaganda also spread during these years, supported by popular figures like automaker Henry Ford and Catholic radio priest Father Coughlin. Okay, I'm cutting in again. I had no idea that Henry Ford was anti-Semitic. That's awful. Back to the article. By the 1930s, anti-Jewish racism was at an all-time high, but Jewish American racial identity quickly shifted again. Partially, this was because Jews were an important part of President Franklin D. Roosevelt's political coalition. As such, he discouraged questioning Jewish racial identity as anything but white and fought hard against nativists and anti-Semitism, declaring that all immigrants were full Americans. When the U.S. entered World War II against Germany, Germany, many Americans stopped identifying Jews as a separate race in opposition to the genocidal racial ideas of Nazis. Most importantly, when the U.S. military racially segregated World War II army units, they placed Jews in white units, thus affirming Jews' status as whites. By the time the veterans came home, Jews were generally considered white again. Then, they advanced economically and took part in the 1950s exodus of white Americans from the inner cities to the suburbs. 20th century Jews navigated the changes to their racial identity in diverse ways. Many resisted being called white because they identified with the struggles of black Americans, seeing their own history of persecution in the discrimination faced by African Americans. These Jews benefited from their privilege as white Americans, but maintained a desire for a distinct racial identity from the white people they saw as oppressive. However, other Jews, particularly those in the South, who might suffer violence if they supported their black neighbors were far more comfortable affirming their status as white, and some even worked to maintain white supremacy. Regardless, Jews often struggled to reconcile the benefits of being white in the U.S. with their desire to maintain a distinct Jewish racial identity rooted in a history of persecution. In the 21st century, while most Americans believe Jews are white, racial issues linger. For example, in 2017, after the superhero movie Wonder Woman was criticized for lacking racial diversity, some critics countered that the main character, played by Jewish actress Gal Gadot, is a person of color. This caused major debate in U.S. Jewish media, with many Jewish journalists claiming that Gadot is white and others that she is a person of color. Racial hate crimes against Jews also remain common. In August 2017, white supremacists descended on Charlottesville, Virginia, where they held two days of racist rallies and attacked bystanders killing one and injuring 19 others. During these events, the white supremacists chanted anti-Semitic slogans, falsely claiming Jewish people had tricked people into believing they are white and blamed Jews for all racial problems in the U.S. Some of the group's leaders even criticized President Donald Trump, who was otherwise often praised by them because his daughter had converted
converted to Judaism. While admittedly a small piece of U.S. Jewish history, Jews' complex racial identity illustrates their status as both a privileged and persecuted minority in America. At this point, I hope you're getting a better sense of what race as a social construct actually means. Basically, there's no biological basis to the idea of race, and the way the concept is used is um, mostly negative, it seems. That article gave some information on the history of Jewish identity in America. The next thing that I want to share is actually very short. This is from Live Science, and it was published April 25th, 2014. It was written by Heather Whips, and the title is The Holocaust, Facts and Remembrance. The term holocaust is a word that has Greek roots, and it means sacrifice by fire. And holocaust was historically used to describe large-scale massacres of people, but now it almost exclusively refers to the state-sponsored murder of the Jewish population of Europe during World War II at the hand of the German Nazi government led by Adolf Hitler. Approximately 6 million Jews were murdered by the Nazis between 1939 and 1945. That's only 6 years. 6 million members of one ethnic group were murdered in only 6 years. There were other groups of people that were targeted as well, like people who were mentally or physically disabled, the deaf, homosexuals, communists, Poles, and other Slavs, Roma people, or gypsies, and political dissidents, or intellectuals, and many other groups. There were no less than 10 million casualties of that Nazi killing machine. It started because the Nazis believed that Germans were a superior race of people destined to rule Europe and all its inferior classes, with Jews occupying the very bottom rung of the ethnic ladder. The persecution of the Jews began in the early 1930s when Hitler first came to power. Jews in Germany were forced to carry papers marking their religion and they were subject to increasingly discriminatory laws. Everything went downhill quickly after that, but I think it's notable that this started in the 1930s. The eugenics movement in America actually started in the late 19th century. Century, so that would be the late 1800s, and that supports my claim that these ideas were actually transferred from the U.S. to Europe and not the other way around. Based on a quick Google search, eugenics ideas were promoted across much of Europe during the 1920s and 1930s. So, like I said, eugenics, the ideas that led to the Holocaust, started in America. Next, I want to get into the way the U.S. Census Bureau classifies races. According to the U.S. Census Bureau, there are five distinct races, white, black, or African, American Indian, or Alaska native, Asian, and native Hawaiian or other Pacific Islander. So white is a person having origins in any of the original peoples of Europe, the Middle East, or North Africa. That I thought was interesting because I didn't think they would include any part of Africa
Africa or the Middle East in what is considered white. Black or African American is a person having origins in any of the black racial groups of Africa. So it looks to me like you can be white and black if you're from North Africa. I don't know. This is so stupid. American Indian or Alaska Native is a person having origins in any of the original peoples of North and South America, including Central America, and who maintains tribal affiliation or community attachment. This seems to imply that if you lose contact, you lose that part of your identity? I don't know. Like, because they say maintains tribal affiliation or community attachment? This is such bullshit, because my great-grandmother was from El Salvador, and her heritage is my heritage. It doesn't matter that I've never been to El Salvador, and I don't know what native tribe she was from. Doesn't matter. That's still part of my heritage. Asian is a person having origins in any of the original peoples of the Far East, Southeast Asia, or the Indian subcontinent. Native Hawaiian or other Pacific Islander is a person having origins in any of the original peoples of Hawaii, Guam, Samoa, or other Pacific Islands. Apparently, in 1997, they decided that they would allow people to report that they are part of more than one race. So, in the census 2000, people were able to just say what their race was, you know, checking a box or whatever. And people were able to self-identify with more than one race, and that did continue with the 2010 and I think 2020 as well. So, this makes me wonder if prior to 2000, did they decide, you know, was someone walking around just looking at people saying, oh, you look white, so you're white, you look black, so you're black. Like, I mean, that just, the whole idea of all of this is just crazy. But they say that the information on race is required for many federal programs, and it's critical in making policy decisions, particularly for civil rights. I'm giving this the side eye of the century. States use these data to meet legislative redistricting principles. Redistricting, in my opinion, is just gerrymandering. It's used to make sure rural white votes are overrepresented in elections. I think they use this information to continue a racist agenda, but that's just my opinion. They go on to say race data are also used to promote equal employment opportunity and to assess racial disparities in health and environmental risks. I think if this was something that they actually cared about, then things might have changed in the last few decades, but from what I can see, it's just continuing, you know, business as usual, so I think they're using this information to make sure that it continues business as usual. But that's my opinion. The last thing I want to share is a CBS News article that was published February 2nd, 2022, regarding Whoopi Goldberg's suspension. Whoopi Goldberg suspended from The View after saying the Holocaust was not about race. Whoopi Goldberg has been suspended from ABC's The View for two weeks after she came under fire for saying the Holocaust was not about race. ABC News President Kim Godwin said, quote, Effective immediately, I am suspending Whoopi Goldberg for two weeks for her wrong and hurtful comments. Whoopi Goldberg has apologized. I've asked her to take time to reflect and learn about the impact of her comments. The entire ABC News organization stands in solidarity with our Jewish colleagues, friends, family, and communities, end quote. Before I read the rest of the article, I want to say that I disagree with the punishment. I don't think she should have been punished at all because, like I've already stated, I don't think she was wrong in what she said, and I don't think her comments 
comments came from a place of hate or of wanting to discriminate or bully or downplay the situation in any way. So the article explains a little more about the context of why she said what she said, you know, what they were talking about and stuff, but I think the punishment was extremely harsh and I just don't think it was necessary. I think we could have used this as a teaching, learning moment for everyone instead of just immediately becoming offended over something that when you dive into it, she was not even wrong and she was not being hateful. So here we go. Apparently, Whoopi Goldberg made the comments during an episode of the talk show where she and the other hosts were discussing how the graphic novel Mouse, which is centered on the Holocaust, was banned by a Tennessee school board and it's becoming just the latest on a lengthy list of banned books in the U.S., Okay, the whole banned books thing, oh gosh, that really gets me in my feelings because I don't like the way they are. I'll just get into that another time. So, Mouse is spelled M-A-U-S. If you have not read that book, I highly recommend that you read it. It's a Pulitzer Prize winning book about the author and his father who is a Holocaust survivor. So the father's name is Vledek Spiegelman. They talk about how the Holocaust impacted their relationship. So according to Whoopi Goldberg, the Tennessee school board banned the book because there were complaints about the book containing nudity and bad language. She said, quote, Personally, I'm shocked because given the story of Mouse, I'm surprised that that's what made you uncomfortable. The fact that there was some nudity. It's about the Holocaust the killing of six million people, end quote. And as the hosts continued to discuss the banning of certain books, critical race theory, and other hot-button education issues, Goldberg circled back to the Holocaust. She said, quote, If you're going to do this, then let's be truthful about it, because the Holocaust isn't about race. It's not about race. It's about man's inhumanity to man. That's what it's about, end quote. Her co-host, Anna Navarro, said the genocide was about white supremacy and and going after Jews and gypsies and Roma. So Whoopi Goldberg responded that it was two white groups of people. As explained by non-profit organization Anne Frank House, Adolf Hitler had long been anti-Semitic prior to his rise to power in Nazi Germany. He quickly ascended to power after World War I as he blamed Jewish people for the issues Germany and the world were facing at the time. He started to categorize people based on their religion, race, and ethnicity culminating in policies of official discrimination, deportations, and mass exterminations, what Nazi leaders called the final solution to the Jewish question. Okay, so even in that little excerpt from the nonprofit organization and Frank House, they make a distinction between race and ethnicity, but somehow it didn't seem to come up in defense of what Whoopi Goldberg had said. But Whoopi Goldberg later apologized for her comments. She said, quote, on today's show, I said the Holocaust is not about race and about man's inhumanity to man. I should have said it is about both. That's what she tweeted. And she went on to say, as Jonathan Greenblatt from the Anti-Defamation League shared, the Holocaust was about the Nazis' systemic annihilation of the Jewish people, who they deemed to be an inferior race. I stand corrected. So it looks like she tried to fully retract her statement and correct it. She went on to say, the Jewish people around the world have always had my support and that will never waver. I'm sorry for the hurt I have caused. But her initial comments received significant 
backlash. A fellow at the Tel Aviv Institute named Hen Mazik tweeted, My Jewish family was put in concentration camps. How could you be so dismissive of the murder of six million Jews solely because they were Jewish? And he included what appeared to be photos of his family members. The actor Michael Rappaport posted a video condemning Goldberg's comments saying the genocide, quote, fucking was about race. It was only about race. It was about kill the Jews, exterminate the Jews, they're not white, they're Jewish. That's like saying slavery wasn't about race, he said. Not good, not cool. Leave the fucking Jews alone. Okay, so he was clearly very upset, but I don't think his analogy actually works, in my opinion. The article goes on to say, the Auschwitz Museum, which is run from the largest Nazi concentration camp and extermination center, tweeted at Goldberg a photo of a Nazi-era chart that shows how Nazi officials racially profiled people. According to the chart, a description says, the only racially pure people are those who have four German grandparents, as depicted in the four blank circles in the left-hand column of the chart. The museum recommended their seven-chapter online course about the history of the Holocaust. One Holocaust survivor, 88-year-old Lucy Lippiner, even offered to go onto the show and discuss the Holocaust with the hosts. She said, quote, I think we can have meaningful conversation together and heal wounds, end quote. Okay, I'm not sitting here trying to downplay any suffering that anybody has gone through, and we all acknowledge that the Holocaust was a horrendous genocide. It was disgusting, and it is recent enough in history and documented well enough that it's just undeniable. Millions of people were slaughtered simply for who they were. The majority of the people who were killed identified as Jewish, and based on the way we use language today, that is their ethnicity. And I think the horror of what happened to them makes it so that if you approach that subject and you're not extremely careful, you are going to hurt people's feelings, even if you don't mean to. And it's because the wounds are just still so raw. And I get that. But I don't think that Whoopi Goldberg was trying to be mean or offensive. And I also don't think that she was linguistically incorrect. That's my opinion. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you learned something from this episode.